is no growth in comfort and no comfort in growth. Business today typically values and promotes leaders for their subject expertise. Leaders who have command of the details and execute based on knowledge and experience are highly respected. However, to grow as a leader, you have to get out of your comfort zone. That means learning to lead without just being the expert. Learn to gain the trust and respect of a team that might know more than you do. Get comfortable with ambiguity and with not having all the information. Develop the skills and confidence to lead in a different way. Welcome to Out of the Comfort Zone. I'm Wanda Wallace, and today we're going to be talking about productivity and who couldn't use a little bit more productivity, or maybe I should say a little more efficiency. So the starting point on this is there's really never enough time to do all the things that you think you should get done. You have plenty more to do, and you can't manage time anyway. There's no more to get more hours in the day. So the question is, how do you get the most out of your day, be as productive as possible, and focus on what really matters? So today, we're going to focus on a format that can actually revolutionize how you approach work every day. That's going to lead to greater productivity with less stress, and as it turns out, better delegation and happier and more satisfied to teams. So with me today is David Allen. David is one of the world's most influential thinkers on productivity. He's got over 35 years experience as a consultant and an executive coach. Fast Company um, has identified him as your personal productivity guru. Forbes magazine names him as one of the top five executive coaches in the U.S., The book, Getting Things Done, The Art of Stress-Free Productivity, has just gone into its second edition, and David's company, the David Allen Company, is really dedicated to teaching people how to stay relaxed and productive in our current fast-paced world. So, David, welcome to the show. Hi, Wanda. Delighted to be here. Thanks for the invitation. Well, I am really looking forward to this one because I know about your work from a number of my clients, and I think everybody's going to really enjoy hearing some of the practical tips. So let's start at the top of this one. Um, What is it that's really going so wrong in our work lives, and what's taking up space and making us so ineffective, in your view? Most people are using their head as their office, and your head is a crappy office, period. (laughs) I love that. Head is the office. What do you mean by you're using your head as the office? Most people are using their head to remember, remind, prioritize most of their life as opposed to some external brain that they trust that has all the current critical uh, clarified uh, uh, inventory of their commitments they've made with themselves and with other people. Right. So I, there's a, several people that I've coached that have, I can certainly identify that one in particular who's just very big brain, can hold a lot, in this case, in her head, quite capable, but as the job gets more and more and more demanding, there's less and less that she can hold in her head, and she starts to lose things, can't keep track of things. And that she's is that being, what you mean? She's being driven by latest and loudest. Okay, exactly. That's, that's it. So, all right, if we're not supposed to hold all this stuff in our head, and our head is at the office... What is it we are supposed to do? Well, you know, a lot of this is about focus, Wanda. Come on. People listening to this and the the nature of what you're teaching, it's really about focus. First of all, do you have enough clear head to be able to focus, period? Mm -hmm. If you're wondering, you know, I don't have cat food. My cat's scratching at me. I don't have cat food. You know, that's (laughs) going to disrupt your focus about thinking strategically. 
So do you have all the skills and capabilities to get you, first of all, clear the deck so you can focus? And then job two is, do you know how to focus? Because you got that email that said, look, here's a potential opportunity we have with a consultant or with a business that might want to merge with you or whatever. Do you know how to think through that quickly about what's the focus on that? So do we have the space to focus? Do we have the skill to focus appropriately on what this thing is? And are we focused on the right stuff? So, you know, there, and those actually, people say focus, but there's actually very discrete aspects of focus that have to be addressed. Well, people often say to me when I talk to them about the need to focus and the ways in which they gain time by clearing stuff and getting concentrating on one thing as opposed to 50,000 things at one time, they often believe that what they need to do is to create space in their calendar so they have time to think. Um, but I, you have a slightly different system on this one, I think. Well, no, I would, I would tend to agree. You actually need room to think. As a matter of fact, it doesn't take room, it doesn't take time to have a good idea. You need a room to have a good idea. It doesn't take time to be creative or innovative or strategic. You need room to do that. So how do you create room? Well, you can block out time, but the room is really a psychic room, not a time room. Uh, so, you know, you can block out an hour, but if you still have 43 things you're not handling and, and, and two meetings this morning, you haven't dealt with what they you know meant to you and a major personal issue in your life that's yanking on your chain, even if you gave yourself an hour, you're not going to use it very well. So, yes, you do need space to be able to think, but space both internally and then once you have space internally, yes, then nice to create some space externally. I need two hours at the end of this week to think through this week what happened. Oh, my God. I need to catch up. I need to bring up the rear guard. So there's a review and reflection process that's absolutely required. But you, you have to capture all these things at all these different levels. If you're trying to address these only from one single strategic level or operational day-to-day meetings I have to go to and calls I need to make level, yeah. Nice that you have those, but there are six of those horizons, and uh, this gets pretty complicated. So you, you need to have an, a good algorithm and a good set of behaviors that let, let you see all this from a larger perspective. Okay, so how do you teach people to get this psychic room? I mean, what's the process like for you? Pretty simple. There's a five-step process. That's how you get your kitchen under control. It's how you get your, your company under control. How do you get your consciousness under control? I mean, you, okay. you first of all have to capture the stuff or identify the things that are not on cruise control, what's got your attention. You have to then clarify, well, what am I going to do about it? What does that mean? You know, is there, where does that go? What, what is that? Then you need to organize the results of that thinking and you need to step back and reflect and review on the, the whole gestalt of this and then make a trusted decision out of what you're doing as opposed to a latest and latest decision. So it's a simple five-step process. I didn't make that up. I just identified it. That's how you get your kitchen under control. That's, that's what you do. But most people don't do that about the other things that are yanking on their chain and the things that are much more subtle, much more subtle in their life that have them feeling out of control and, and, and unfocused. So those five, those five steps, you, we can actually take them, and that's what I identified over these last you know, three decades. What's what's the algorithm? How do how do I take these five steps and actually implement them? 
Yeah. Okay, so that's one. Let me just repeat the five steps for everybody. There is the capture. So I capture all the stuff that's going on, and I have a place to put it. We'll talk about how to do that in a moment. I want to clarify what that means so it's not just some random list. There's some clarity to it. I need to organize that. I need time to step back and review it, and then I need to make a clear decision, a strategic decision, not a last-in decision. Capture, clarify, organize, review, and decide. Five steps. Let's start at the beginning. So, you know, capture. How does this work? What does it look like? Well, <laughs> if I sat down with you right now, I'd say, gee, Wanda, what's on your mind? You know? Yeah. Because whatever is on your mind is something we need to capture. Because the reason it's on your mind is, you know, 98% of the time is simply because there's something about it you haven't decided or something you haven't put in some sort of trusted system. So we're going to just identify the things that are not on cruise control. And by the way, I could walk into your physical environment and look around and go, well, what doesn't belong here permanently? What have you got stacked on your desk or in your desk or under your desk or around your desk or in your office or or in your kitchen, or on the on the sink, or in the in the first flat surface inside your door of your house, where you've just piled stuff that still has decisions you need to make and things you potentially need to do about them. So the first thing we do is we gather all that stuff into one place. What are all the things that are still pulling on you that you still need to make a decision about in terms of what it means to you? So that's step one, and boy, that's a big one. <laughs> <laughs> that takes most mid to senior level professionals, by the way, it takes one to six hours just to identify the things pulling on them. Oh, I need tires in my car. Oh, yeah. Our next holiday coming up. I need to plan the, ho- the where we're going to stay. Oh, my God. I, you know, I need to hire an assistant. Oh, I need to think about expanding my credit line. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, you know, most people, it takes literally one to six hours just to identify all that stuff. So that's the first step is a capture step or, or a collect step that says, let's look around and say, wait, wait a minute, what's incomplete? What's yanking your chain right now? What's pulling on your psyche? And we start okay. to just, you know, identify that, capture it, put it into some sort of trusted buckets, your in-basket, you know, or something that, that, that you can capture the stuff. Okay. And you do this both from a professional point of view as well as a personal point of view because both pull on you. Of course. The private and the professional. Yeah. It, it, that, that's just a ridiculous dichotomy to say personal professional. I mean, I'm sorry. When we're talking about what I'm talking about, this is I need cat food or I need a life or I need a st- strategic plan. You know, all of those in your head will take up about the same sort of psychic space and any one of them will wake you up at three o'clock in the morning. So <laughs> you you better, you damn well better capture all of those things get them out of your head so they don't start taking up that sort of psychic room internally that'll that'll burn you out. Right. So, and I see it. I mean, that is what wakes people up in the middle of the night, that this is the thing that I hadn't done and I forgot and I should have done and I didn't think about it. And then you're frantically running from one thing to the next thing to the next thing. And there's no space. And also the really cool stuff. Oh my God, I could do this. Oh, here's an idea for that presentation I could do. Oh, my God, you know, here's the next business I could create. So it's not just the sort of incomplete loops that are yanking your chain because you haven't handled them. It's also the opportunities that have popped into your head that you'll feel uncomfortable if you haven't somehow managed that thought appropriately. 
Okay, so I get the value of capturing all this stuff and taking it out of my head as if my head could hold on to all of it and could be a perfect filing system for it for us. Yeah, well, come on, you know, come on. The new cognitive science research has basically proven that about the maximum number of things you could hold in your head and still maintain clarity about all of them and their relationship with each other is four. Good luck. Wow. We used to say it was five plus or minus seven. If you think about short-term memory, but if you four now, four now, I don't doubt that. Especially the, with the complexity, the, the, the kids crying, the, the tigers coming down the street, the, the, the flood, the, the the creek is flooding, and there's a thunderstorm coming. That's about it. That's about it. Okay, so four things to think about: the interrelations and all the complexity and the actions and so on. Mm-hmm. We all do more than four things. That's a really interesting point. Okay, so I get that I need to capture this. I need to take it out of my head. I need to put it somewhere. Is there an ideal way to capture it? Is there an ideal kind of a system? Is there, you know, Whatever's what do you recommend easy. here? Whatever is easy and at the moment. Most of my capture stuff is low-tech pen and paper. I've got a little tiny pen and a little note-taker wallet with me with my credit cards that I travel with wherever I go. Wherever, whenever I'm out. So the thoughts and things I need to capture can happen anywhere. So I need a, a ubiquitous capture tool and low tech is pretty much the best way to do that. But you could do it anyway. You could, you can do high tech. You can record on your iPhone. You can, you know, call somebody and say, Hey, Hey, call me back in five minutes. Remind me about this. You can send yourself an email, lots of ways to do that. So you can do it low tech or high tech. I would suggest low tech is probably the most efficient. Okay, and so what I'm doing then is every time I have an idea or every time there's a thought or every time there's an unfinished piece I need to do or remember anything, I'm putting that in this system instantaneously so I'm not carrying it around in my head and trying to remember it. Well, be careful, Wanda, when you say about systems. You're putting it it into your collection buckets. Uh The system, what most people think about a system is reminders about what to do. And there's a big difference between capturing potentially interesting or useful or, you know, valuable stuff versus being reminded of what I've decided to do about it. That's why this is a five-step process. The first step is just grabbing any of these weird things, you know, cat food, I might want to call my sister, uh, oh yeah, you know, we need to change the filters on our air conditioning, you know, whatever. So as, as soon as those things pop into your head, yes, you need a good trusted you need a you you do need a system for capture, but that's that's a different system than the system most people think about. Call I need to be organized, meaning I need lists of things to be reminded of. But uh, there there is a capture system, and the capture system is basically your in your your physical entry, you know, any note taking devices you have, you know, pen and paper, you know, taking notes in meetings or just writing stuff down or whatever, and any kind of digital recording that you're doing you get a good idea you 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 plug in your smartphone and record it so all of those can work as long as you then move to step two and three where you don't leave them there and they then die on you you need to then get them clean once they're there but getting them there to begin with is a is a best practice and by the way that's let's talk about out of the comfort zone most of the executives i work with have a lot of stuff still going on in their brain they have not captured yet and that is very much out of their comfort zone to write it down. Write it down. You just told your executive vice president you were going to do X, Y, and Z, and you didn't write that down. I'm sorry. Grow up. Get mature. Be a real person. Write that down. 
you just committed to something that you need to do. And if you think your head's going to keep track of that and see it in the appropriate context, you know, you know, you know, don't kid yourself. So that's a big comfort zone change for executives because executives think if I write things down, I'm going to look like a lowly shrug of the universe because I, I don't need to write things down. You know, I'm a, I just need to think and decide and, you know, whatever. It's like, well, yeah, grow up. Well, there is this sense that I remember all of this stuff and my brain is so big and I can hold all of it. And that shows something about my capability and my right to be in this senior leadership position. But your argument is exact opposite, that you're not focused then on what you need to be focused on because you can't remember what you need to remember. Is that right? Well, I'm just saying that the things that you didn't handle and didn't manage appropriately will then start to take more of your attention than they deserve and start to drain energy out of the strategy. You know, yeah, come on. The most senior people I know and good people I know, yeah, they're focused on the strategic stuff. The problem is, is their energy is not optimal because they got a bunch of stuff about their kids and their kids, you know, football game that was going on that afternoon they forgot about and what they need to do about X, Y, and Z and they need to handle this, and oh yeah, and the, the whatever, and that's still plugging, you know, pulling on their psyche, so they don't have enough real estate to truly be clear and totally free or optimally free as they could be to think about their most strategic things. Um, so David, presumably, this notion of capturing things, and we're going to go on to talk about how you organize it and what you do with it next, but supposedly capturing this stuff would actually help people be more present in the moment. Oh, come on. Anybody listening to this, come on, give me a break. Everybody listening to this at some point has felt overwhelmed, confused, or somehow, whatever, and sat down and made a list, felt more control, more focused, more ready to go to the store, or whatever. So this is not new data. I'm just reminding people what happens when you externalize all this stuff it automatically creates a much more sense of I can now have more control of what these things are, have more of a perspective about how important they are and where they need to be. So all you need to do is, you know, come on, everybody's had that experience. Sure. So sure. I, I didn't make this up. Yeah. But if you revert, you know, if anybody's ever made a list and felt better, if you reverse it, if they reverse engineered any of that, they'd never keep anything in their head again. <laughs> all right. So let's see if I get all of this one straight. So the notion here is that I am going to free my brain, my head from being the office because it's a lousy job as an office. And I'm going to take whatever comes into my mind, whatever is capturing my attention, whatever thoughts enter my mind, whatever ideas I have, whatever things are undone, whatever stacks of stuff that I have left sitting somewhere, both at home as well as at the office, that need attention and need decisions. And I'm going to just religiously, routinely put the lists of those things someplace and presumably all in the exact same place all the time. Well. Uh, well, Wanda, let me, yes, absolutely. And what you need to do is, is corral all that stuff. Right. Most people have not corralled it, right? So it lies all over their life. Most people's in-baskets at home are the first flat surface inside their door that then migrated into the, the counter between their kitchen and their, and their dining room that then even for many people have migrated into the quarter of their, of their, um, uh, of their dining table. Okay. And most people haven't, haven't even gathered all that into a discrete place called here's the stuff that still needs decisions or potential actions 
you know, done about it. So, yes. So building discrete um, walls around where are the things that still need potential action decisions, thinking, you know, or things I have my attention on. So that's the, okay. absolutely the first step. And okay. that's a huge, huge habit to change. Huge. I can see that one. Um, and you said earlier it takes up to six hours for an average executive to just identify all the things that they need to capture and do something with. Correct. And I can see that this you know, feels like a step I could skip, but that if you st- skip this step, the rest of it isn't going to work very well. Well, you know, you know, come on. I've met some of the most successful people in the world who've managed to not do this, but they just, you know, they just, <laughs> you know, one success, one definition of a successful executive is people who, who solve more problems than they create, okay. you know, but that's a, that's a very thin line, you know, in terms of, yeah, I can just focus on what's in front of me out and, you know, forget all the rest of that stuff that came at me. That's not that important. I don't care what these people think. I don't care if I get back to them or whatever, because I got more important things to think about. How long are you going to be successful? And at what level? At that level of game. And how stressful is it in the process? Yeah. Yeah. It it gets a lot more subtle about that. Yeah. Yeah, So it's tricky, tricky business here. We're talking about some pretty subtle stuff. Okay. All right, so I get the sense of the capture. Then the other four steps that are involved are the clarify, as in what do I do with all of this stuff, and then organize, and then review and make some decisions. So we're going to take a break. When I come back, we'll talk about um, when we go to take a break, and when we come back, we're going to talk about how to clarify and get organized so that you take the next step in this lovely process. With me today is David Allen. So he's been called by Fast Company, the personal productivity guru, and one of America's top five coaches by Forbes magazine. The book we've been talking about is Getting Things Done, The Art of Stress-Free Productivity. We'll be right back. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. How is your work-life balance? In most businesses, no matter where you are positioned, there is always room for improvement. If you're an executive, learn insight about your business. Are you an employee? Learn how to better work with your team. Even if you're not in business, you can learn where your strengths and weaknesses can be played to their best potential. The Work-Life Balance with host Rick Morris can be heard live every Friday at 5 p.m. Eastern Time, 2 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. If you want more information on the articles, books, coaching, and seminars we offer, go to our website at www.leadershipforuminc.com. You're sure to find some helpful links, videos, and more to help you create a winning strategy for your organization. Leadership Forum, Inc., helping organizations get it and keep it. What does a visual workplace mean to you? How does it contribute to operational excellence? And what steps do you take to put it powerfully in place? 
Listen to The Visual Workplace, work that makes sense to find out. Each week, Dr. Gwendolyn Galsworth, visual workplace expert and award-winning author, shares tools and strategies to help you make the workplace speak at a glance without saying a word. Learn to work safer, faster, better, and at far less cost no matter what business you're in. Tune in to The Visual Workplace every Thursday at 10 a.m. Pacific, 1 p.m. Eastern on Voice America Business. From the boardroom to you, Voice America Business Network. You are listening to Out of the Comfort Zone. To reach Dr. Wanda Wallace or her guest, call into the program at 1-866-472-5790. Again, that's 1-866-472-5790. You may also send an email to wanda.wallace at leadershipforuminc.com. Now, back to Out of the Comfort Zone. Welcome back to the show. With me today is David Allen, and David is one of the most influential thinkers on productivity with over 35 years' experience as a consultant and an executive coach. He's worked with a lot of senior executives, helping them get themselves organized to be more productive and more stress-free. He's been called a personal productivity guru, guru and one of the top five executive coaches. The book, if you're interested, Getting Things Done, The Art of Stress-Free Productivity. Now, we just spent a long time talking about the first of the five-step process for being more productive and less stress about it. The five steps are capturing. The second one is clarifying. What does that mean? The third one is organizing. The fourth is reviewing. And the fifth is making decision. We spent a lot of time on capturing, largely because I think people underestimate how important it is to just gather all the things that are in your mind, in your head, in your life, physically as well as just mentally in your head. And as David said, to create psychic room so you actually now can decide what to do with that. So, David, let's go to the second step, which is about clarifying. So I've captured, I've put all these ideas, thoughts, physical pieces of paper. I've put the list. And let's say I have just done it on a piece of paper somewhere, on a little notebook somewhere. I've captured it all. Now what do I do? What happens yeah. next? Yeah, well, the problem is, is that whatever's on your list or in your piles is either attracting or repulsing you psychologically. You know, it, it, most people, if you look at most people's to-do list, they have things like mom or bank or doctor or credit line or assistant or whatever, <laughs> which is great. They've captured some things that have their attention, but they still... There's still a rigorous thought process that needs to be applied to each one of those things that most people haven't done yet. So, mom, why is that on your list? Well, you, good historical data. You probably had one. Why'd you write it down? Oh, her birthday's coming. That's why it's on my list. Well, wait, what are you going to do about her birthday? Oh, I don't know yet. That's right. So now you need to move to a next level of process. You, you actually need to get every, all of your capture buckets empty. When you get them empty by taking each item you parked in there and say, okay, what exactly does that mean to me? What am I going to do about it? Where do, and what do I need? What is it? Where does that go? So what most people then need to do, it takes one to six hours to just, you know, grab everything that's got their attention. And it'll take the next 12 to 18 hours to actually make those kind of critical decisions they need to make about how to clarify, wait a minute, what do I need to do about this? If anything, 
And is there some sort of project or outcome I'm committed to that I need to keep track of? So that's the clarifying process is then going through all of those things and making those kind of those kinds of decisions. And most people haven't done that. So do, do you need a guide to help you do this clarification? Because I mean, it sounds like it would be awfully helpful to get someone else to get you to think out loud and organize. I mean, not organize that, but just be clear. What is it this thing means that's on my list? Sure. Well, sure. That's uh, you know, my last 35 years of my profession has been being hired to do that. Okay. Uh, so I've spent thousands and thousands of hours actually walking some of the best and brightest people on the planet you know, walking through that exercise with them. And if you read part two of my book, Getting Things Done, it walks you through that process. So it depends on how internally motivated you are to actually hold yourself down to walk through this process or whether you, you know, you come on. Everybody knows how to exercise and that is good, but it's nice to hire a trainer. So if you can find a coach who knows how to do this process, you know, that can, that can help a bunch, okay. but it's not required. <clears throat> And are there particular questions I need to be asking if I'm trying to do it myself? Yes. First of all, what is it? Okay. You know, and that that prevents the huh stacks. Yeah. And everybody listening to this has a huh stack. You open the email and you go, oh, I've been BCC'd on I've been CC'd on this from the HR department and the six attachments about the pos- the, the policies, the and and you go, huh, and you close it up, but you don't delete it or file it, right? So you, did, you didn't really decide exactly what does that mean to me. So, yeah, there's a lot of stuff that shows up in people's lives that they avoid the decision about, wait a minute, is this something? And, they're, you know, first of all, what is it? Secondly, is it something I need to action or, uh, take an action about or somebody needs to, to act on? And that's the second, you know, key question. Well, is this something that I need to do something about or somebody needs to do something about that I need to manage? And so is it actionable? Um, yes or no? And if no, you then toss it, just delete it or file it or, or, or delete it or, or, or you know, um, shred it or, you know, whatever. It, it could be that there's no action, but I need to reference it. I need to have access to this, so that's a reference. Or you know, no action now, but there might be later, so I need to build some trigger in to remind me about later on what what might I need to do about this. So those there's a no action you know subcategory, and then there's the things you say. Well, look, there's an action on this, and the key question, boy, if anybody gets anything out of you you know our conversation, is what's the next action? on anything you have attention on. If it's something you need to move on, what's the very next movement that would need to happen? Is it uh, surf the web? Is it talk to your life partner? Is it buy something at the store? Is it a conversation you need to have with your boss? What's the very next thing that would move the needle on this thing you're committed to or have attention on? So, and then, and then another key question would be, Will that one action not finish this? And if so, what's the outcome? What's the project? Oh, you know, I need to talk to my boss about that. But the outcome is I need to get clarity about whether I can hire an assistant or not. Or, you know, gee, the next action is um, 
I need to, you know, I need to surf the web to see if there is a karate school that I am comfortable sending my kids to, and what's the, what's the outcome? Oh, I finalize, you know, kids and karate class, you know, yes or no. So there's a there's a thought process that has to be in, in actually in um, inserted or uh, or uh, put against the things that you've captured. Most people listening to this, if you, if they looked at their to do list right now, you won't see any next actions. You won't see any clear outcomes. You'll see mom, bank, you know, whatever. Great, but then you need to go through, or they need to go through that next thought process, which is to clarify actions and outcomes. Okay. And you're not saying that I have to specify every single action I need to do like a project, but at least I need to do what's the next action. Correct. Okay. <clears throat> and be clear what the outcome is. Be clear what it is that checks yeah. this item off my it's well, done list. Come on. Any of that list of this, who, if, you, if you engage, if you like any kind of a ball playing sport, soccer, football, basketball, whatever, what are the two critical things on a player's mind when they're on the field and the whistle blows and they're on? Where's the goal? What's the next play? It's that simple. And most people in their personal and professional lives are not that focused. Wait a minute. Why am I trying to do this? What's the goal? What's the project? And by the way, what's the next play? What's the next action? You may have a strategy. Absolutely. But once you take the next play, that may change the next play. So action and outcome, that's the, you know, the, those are the zeros and ones of productivity. And it, it's also why, the, you know, come on, anybody listening to this, open the next email. If you're not listening to us, open your next email. Is there any action required? And if so, will that one action finish it? If not, what's the thing you've committed to complete? Very powerful okay. thought process. Simple, come on. This is not rocket science unless you're building rockets. But okay. um, this is this most people avoid this like the plague. Yeah. Because we have the huh reaction. And mm -hmm. I'll think about that someday when I have time to think about it. And the inbox then sits with, you know, hundreds of items in it that don't Thousands. get any action on. Thousands, yeah. Thousands. I was being generous until we delete them all. And start all over from scratch. Now, you often say, if you can do the item in two minutes, do it now. Mm -hmm. And if not, then decide what you're going to do about it and what's next. And why do you say do it now if you can do it in two minutes? Well, first of all, it's that kind of rule of reverse. You, you need to decide what's next. Uh -huh. And if what's next can be done in two minutes, you do it then. Okay. Right. And then... Uh, simply because it would take you longer to stack it, track it, review it than it would be to do it. So, okay. you know, yeah. And a lot of stuff, boy, when I coach executives, you wouldn't believe how many things get moved, you know, in the few hours I sit with them desk side right then. Oh, I can have, okay, I can send them. I can, oh, I can do that. Okay, yeah. Because they just haven't decided the next action. Once they decide that, many of those next actions are truly less than two-minute actions. And so you want to do those right away, get those out of your plate, and kind of be like Teflon. Anything longer than two minutes, though, you need to then decide, wait a minute, am I the right person to do this? If not, hand it off, delegate. And if you can't do that, if you're the one who has to do it, then yeah, yeah then you need to park some sort of reminder of that. Okay, 
here's a call I need to make, might take 20 minutes. Or here's a you know, document that I need to edit or draft that's going to take an hour more for me to do. And then you need to park a reminder of those things in your own next action categories. Okay. All right. Now, so we're moving, I presume, into this whole notion of organizing because I'm organizing around what it is I need to do next, putting in reminders about that. Is that what you mean by organizing? Right. Well, organizer says, look, uh, put stuff, (laughs) basically, uh, in the appropriate place that it means to you. If that's a project, put that on a project list. If that's a call you need to make, put it on the list of calls you need to make. If that's something you need to talk to your life partner about, put it on a list of stuff to talk to your life partner about. So it's really about organized simply says, once I've decided what to do, if I can't do it right now, I need to then park some reminder of the potential doing when I'm in a context that can do that. So anybody who's ever ever kept a post-it on their refrigerator of stuff to buy at the store is doing that. Okay. So all you need to do is then say, what's the action required? Where do I park a reminder? So I'll see a reminder of the action at the right place. It could be the board meeting you're going to. Where have I captured all of the things I need to bring up at the board meeting? Where have I captured when the next time I go to the hardware store, all the things I need to buy at the hardware store? So that's what organizing is about is once you've decided what the action is and you can't finish it in two minutes, then where do I park it? So I see it at the right time and place. Okay. I love that. Where to park it? So I see it at the right time. Okay. It reminds me of a senior executive that I work with that I admire a great deal. And one of the things that I admire about him is he's phenomenal at taking action on stuff. So routinely, I will be in his office and he'll say, I want to put you in touch with that person. And what's amazing is of all the thousand things he has going on in his life and thousands of emails and people wanting to talk to him, he will take action on, I need to put you in that in touch with that person within 30 minutes of my leaving his office. And he does that for everybody. It's not unique to me. It's just, I need to take that action, put this person, write that email, bing, it's done, check. And that's what I think you mean by your two minute. This is the thing I need to do. I do it. I've done. It's off my plate of anything else I need to think about up to the two of them to carry on from there. Correct. Teflon. Teflon. Well, and it comes across that way, too. He seems always incredibly calm and available to people. Well, I think you know, it, some of the most successful, cool folks I've met, you know, they come in early, 7 o'clock, 8 o'clock in the morning, no meetings till 9, 9.30. They clean their deck. They clear it up. They get ready for the surprise, for the opportunities or whatever, and clean up the backlog of all that stuff if they made a commitment at all. But that then makes you much more smart about, hey, you know, uh, am am I actually committing to do that? And if so, I'll capture it. I'll make sure it happens. You know, yeah, I'm not I'm not Mr. Respondence, you know, in 35 years. Okay. I love it. I love it. Okay, so to just repeat, we're gonna take a break again here. But 
To just repeat how this process goes, there is the first capturing. I need a place to capture all the things that are going on in life, period, work and at home. The pieces of paper that I've left somewhere, the objects that I haven't done anything with, the ideas that are in my head, I just need to capture them in a place so I corral them. I know what they all are. After I've captured all of those in a single place, then the notion is I need to clarify what is it that that thing is about and what does it mean to me to make a decision in the moment as opposed to just letting it drag on and on and on and on. And then to make the call, is it something I need to act on? Yes or no? Can it be done in two minutes? Yes or no? And what's the next action that needs to happen? And all of that stuff then needs to be put in a place that I will have available to me when I am ready to take that action. A list, a reminder on the calendar, um, a part of a project plan, uh, notes for the board meeting, whatever it is. Did I do a good job, David? Wow. Uh, you know, Can we hire you? <laughs> You're great. No, all perfect. right. Yeah. Fabulous. Okay, so we're going to take a break again. With me today is David Allen, one of the world's most influential thinkers on productivity. I think you will agree with me that it's a very logical system that David has used, and I know that people have found it to be astronomically powerful for getting more stuff done in a more stress-free uh, way so that you actually have time to do to accomplish the things you have committed to do. When we come back from the break, we're going to talk again about the last part of these two systems, which is really the um, reviewing, the importance of reviewing and the decision making. The book, if you want to read more, is Getting Things Done, The Art of Stress-Free Productivity. And we'll be right back. Follow us on Twitter at VoiceAmericaTRN. Get the lowdown on guests, new shows, and your favorites. That's VoiceAmericaTRN. If you want more information on the articles, books, coaching, and seminars we offer, go to our website at www.leadershipforuminc.com. You're sure to find some helpful links, videos, and more to help you create a winning strategy for your organization. Leadership Forum, Inc., Helping organizations get it and keep it. Tune in to the soul of enterprise, business in the knowledge economy with co-hosts Ron Baker and Ed Kless. Ron and Ed will show you how to recognize that wealth is created by intellectual capital. It's all in the possibilities that we can create and that are created for us. These possibilities are destined to be discovered by human imagination and through the service of others, creating a brighter future for all of us. The Soul of Enterprise is heard live every Friday at 1 p.m. Pacific Time, 4 p.m. Eastern on the Voice America Business Channel and simulcast at the same time on the Voice America Variety Channel. The business community's first choice in Internet talk radio, Voice America Business Network. You are listening to Out of the Comfort Zone. To reach Dr. Wanda Wallace or her guest, call into the program at 1-866-472-5790. Again, that's 1-866-472-5790. You may also send an email to wanda.wallace at leadershipforuminc.com. Now, back to Out of the Comfort Zone. Welcome back to the show. 
With me today is David Allen, and David is one of the most influential thinkers about how to improve productivity. The book, Getting Things Done, The Art of Stress-Free Productivity, is in its second edition. And I want to reference for anybody who has a copy of the book or who's going to pick it up that there is a lovely workflow diagram that explains sort of how you work through this system to make sure you're actually getting things done Uh, following through the process. Now, to reiterate, the process has five steps. One is the capture. I'm going to capture all the things that are calling on my attention that I need to remember that I need to do something about. Just gather them all in one place. The second thing is I want to clarify what is that thing about and what does it mean to me? And then what is it that needs to happen with it? What's the action? Is there an action item? Do I need to file it? Do I need to reference it? Do I need to toss it? Or do I need to do something about it or delegate it to somebody? And then from there, there's sort of an organizing. What is it that needs to be done? How is it going to get done? What's the reminder for me about the next step along the way? And now we come to the last two parts of this one, which are really um, the review and the decision-making. So David, what happens in the review and decision-making? You look at all the stuff you've decided to do or potentially decided to do. You're at a phone. You're waiting for the train. You got 28 minutes because they they said it was late. You could make some calls. Where's your list of calls to make? And then how do you decide which one of those you could do given the five minutes you have, the energy you have, and the strategies you have? So in a sense, it's that simple. So what are all the things you have as possible things you could do? And then have you structured that appropriately so you make good decisions about, well, you know, there's errands I need to run, but I, I'm not out for errands. I don't need to look at that. Um, so what do I need to do given all the different contexts I'm in? What are all the possibilities I have? And, you know, you are able to see all that in 60 seconds and go, no, I'm going to have a beer or take a nap or play with my kids or watch them play soccer. So, okay. by the way, you know, one, one of the biggest you know, probably one of some of the most profound um, uh, validations of this methodology are parents that said, or, uh, you know, a a mom or a dad that said, oh my God, I was actually able to watch my kids play soccer and have nothing else on my mind that transformed their life. Strikes me that would be actually helpful for a lot of people who struggle with guilt. You know, I'm at home with the kids and I'm thinking about work and I'm at work and I'm worrying about the kids. That this would be a way of freeing your psychic energy, as you've said. Exactly. I mean, right. uh, you know, you, you don't want to have a thought more than once. Okay. Otherwise, and what this method, what I uncovered over these years was the algorithm about how do you get stuff off your mind without having to finish it. And so... How do you get those thoughts about your work off your mind so you can play with your kids or tuck them into bed or cook spaghetti? You know, it, getting things done, you know, come on, Wanda, the big secret here is that, that getting things done is really not about getting things done so much as it is about getting appropriately engaged with your life so that you're totally present with whatever you're doing. But if you've got commitments to get things done, then you need to manage those appropriately. So a lot of this methodology has been about how do you clarify all that stuff so you can then put that to bed day to day minute to minute hour to hour so that when you're with the kids you're just with your kids okay 
Great. I love it. Now, you, I want to go on a little bit further because you talk about there are six horizons that are really important um, in this process. So talk to us about what you mean by six horizons and what are they? Well, why are you on the planet? And by the way, uh, if you figure out why you're here and what would totally successfully look like five years from now, and by the way, what do you need to do in the next one to two years to make that happen? And then, by the way, what are the things you need to maintain appropriately, you know, uh, in terms of your life and your work to make sure you can get there in a balanced way? And what are all the projects and things you need to finish about all that? And what are the, all the actions you need to take? <laughs> so, okay. guess what? You know, that's a big, big inventory for most people, anybody listening to this. Do you know why you're here? What's your key purpose? What are your core values? And by the way, what's your vision of, of total success? That will be the next level five years from now if you were fulfilling your purpose. And oh, by the way, what are the things you need to do in any kind of a you know, goal or objective in the next one to two to three years? And oh, by the way, how, what do you need to manage in terms of your finances and your relationships and your health and your you know, whatever, and your as well as your job and all the things you're accountable for there? And then, by the way, what are all the projects you have? So there, I couldn't get any simpler than that, but there are six horizons that we need to identify. What are all those commitments at those different levels that I have already made, that I'm already in, or that I should make you know, at those different levels? And so it, you know, this, these six horizons create a framework to both evaluate where you are against these, as well as what I should be doing against all of these to feel comfortable, to be able to get back to watching my kids play soccer with nothing on my mind other than enjoying them. Okay. Now, I get the sense of thinking about all these horizons and all this list of things to do and my next step actions and my reminders about, you know, organizing what needs to get collected where and so forth. It feels like I need a book that I carry around me with all of this stuff in it. Is, is that what you end up having people do? or well, does it? you do need some sort of an external system to keep reminders of things you need to be reminded of when and where. If you're going to the hardware store, you know, you should have a list of the stuff you need. You've decided you need to pick up at the hardware store. If you're walking into a board meeting, you certainly better have a list of all the things you need to make sure are handled or addressed appropriately at the board meeting. So it's really about just building these sort of orientation maps. What should I think about before we take on our next vacation? What are the things I need to be reminded of X, Y, and Z? So it's really about being, you know, having these sort of external checklist in a way, you know, for your life. And those checklists can take on multiple different forms, depending on what the needs are. Okay. What do I need to pack when we're going on a weekend trip for X, Y, and Z? What do I need to make sure I have in my hands before I go to the next board meeting, etc.? So building in systems so that you make sure those things are all available to you appropriately so that you're not worried or fret about or get stressed because you forgot or didn't bring with you X, Y, and Z. So pretty simple. You know, this is advanced common sense. Yeah. 
So in your life, when you get yourself following the system for productivity, how do you go about creating these orientation maps? Is it on your computer? Is it, I mean, what, what's your, what does it look like for you? Yeah, mostly my capture stuff is low tech. So I'm writing notes on, on my little notepad, writing things or whatever. I'm throwing accumulated physical paper-based things into my in-tray. I'm emptying those regularly. And then I wind up with a list of things called projects or calls to make or things to talk to Catherine about or whatever. So I wind up with, and that's all digital. I have a, you know, a digital program that organizes those lists appropriately. And so, and those then transfer nicely into my iPad and my, and my uh, smartphone. So I have those available whenever I need them. Generally speaking, I don't need to uh, review those lists except when I'm at my computer or my desk because I like to be connected to the Internet, you know, when I'm doing any of that stuff. But all that stuff is available to me kind of in these multiple contexts. But because I empty all of my, my stuff, I, I do the clarify and organize fairly regularly. So I don't have a big backlog of anything. I have very few emails in my email right now, and I have have about six things in my in physical entry right now. And so that gives me the freedom to be able to then make decisions sort of on the on the go, on the run, and not have to have any of those systems with me. You know, all I have all I need is a pen and paper to travel with me for the most part. Because I have a system built into how to process all that stuff once it occurs. Wow. You've now convinced me I need to hire you in my own life. And I thought I was really pretty organized and pretty productive. <laughs> I think that's incredible. Yeah. Um, yeah. Okay. So let's talk a little bit about reflection. Because there is a moment to step back on all of these horizons and say, am I doing the things that really matter to me? So is there a formula on how much reflection time we need or where it should get built in or, you know, yeah. when to do it? Oh, very clear, very specific, very, um, well, it's, what do you need to review and look at and make decisions about so it gets off your mind? So it's a very simple formula called, you know, come on, Wanda, what do you need to look at how often to make sure that talking to me right now doing this interview is the right thing you need to be doing? You know, in your life, given where you're going and what's up. And only you have the answer to that. Okay. And, and how often do you need to be, you know, evaluating the different horizons that you've got commitments with yourself, where you're going in career, lifestyle, or whatever? You know, if your life partner came back and said, wow, why don't we, we, we have a great opportunity. We have to move to Af- Afghanistan for a couple of years you'll have a conversation tonight that will require you to think about, wait a minute, where are we going? What's important to us? You know, et cetera. Okay. So, okay. so a lot of this has to do with, you know, just where, what, what, what horizon is required to be looked at right now to clarify for yourself where you need to be. So that's why I identify those different horizons. And so, you know, they, they are different. You know, what are you doing with your life? You know, where do you want it to be five years from now? 
um, what do you need to, uh, to, to, to handle or finish or, or, or deal with over the next year or two? And then how's your finances? How's your health? How's your relationships? How's your whatever? So all those different horizons are important categories for people to assess and then say, okay, hey, how am I doing about where I am and where I'm going and what I'm about? So, okay. Yeah. All right. David, fascinating, absolutely fascinating. One, because of its simplicity, and two, because of its power out of the simplicity. So with me today is David Allen. The book, Getting Things Done, The Art of Stress-Free Productivity, has loads of questions and advice and tips along the way. The five steps are, again, capture, bring all that stuff together, clarify, what does it mean to me? What do I need to do about it? What needs to happen with it? Second, third is organize it so I am reminded of what I need when I need it. The fourth is this review around all the horizons that matter to me. So I step back and step back and say, am I keeping the commitments at the levels that I need to keep them and to make some decisions? And all of this, as David has said, is the notion that what you want to do is to get things out of your head so that you can see what's there and you have the psychic energy to be able to make the decisions that you need to make. So, David, thank you. That was fabulous. Wanda, you, hey, you did a absolutely brilliant recap of this better than I could. So, yes, <laughs> good all luck. Right. Thank you. Thanks you very, thank you very much. And next week, we're going to be talking with Frank Douglas and Jennifer Powell, and we're going to be talking about diversity, but specifically around race and ethnic minorities. So join us next week. Thank you for joining us for Out of the Comfort Zone. Tune in again for another edition with Dr. Wanda Wallace next Friday at 11 a.m. Pacific Time and 2 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Reach outside your comfort zone this week.